0: Welcome to the Cure Church Lee Summit podcast. Here at the Cure Church, we believe Jesus is the cure for whatever you may be going through. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, we pray this week's message encourages you. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Now, somebody give God praise in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I I love that scripture, this is the day the Lord has made, I will be glad, I will rejoice, amen, and I'm just glad to be in God's house, I'm glad to rejoice with God's people, I'm also glad that tomorrow me and my wife are celebrating 18 years of marriage, come on. She said, I thought it was like 30 years, I said, no baby, it's only 18, No, she didn't say that. She didn't say that. Amen. But I'm definitely grateful for everything God has done God is doing. Amen. But let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, God. Lord, as you put on my heart earlier, Lord, we want to be a church, God, that that believes in the spontaneous, that believes in the organic, not the prepackaged and manufactured. We don't want what we have planned. We want what you have planned. So, Father, we pray that you would have your way this morning, God. I pray that your grace, your mercy, your favor will be upon everything we do. Lead us and guide us, Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us in everything we do, Father. We just pray right now, God, that we honor you in what we do. We know that you are honored in our worship, honored in our giving, God, but also be honored in the speaking and receiving of your holy word. I pray that you would anoint me to speak your word boldly, accurately, full of passion and power, Anoint the ears and hearts of every man and every woman that is here and both watching online. we just pray right now, God, for transformation power. Lord, transformation power, God, that we would apply everything we hear to our lives that cause it to be better, not only for our own lives, but for our families and our children and for our generations. Lord, even for our region. Let regions be changed, God, by how we live for you, Father, that we may impact our world, Father, one person at a time. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and find your seats. Well, it's November. And for me, I'm full sw- on Christmas time. Uh, every year, I'm like, it's over already? So I said, you know what? We're putting our tree. As soon as November hit, I'm putting up the tree. And I'm, you know, and I, I got a lot of slack from husbands. All the ladies like, yeah, Pastor Lewis, go. And all the, all the husbands like, why? Now I got to do it, amen? But I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm watching Christmas movies. I'm even watching those romantic ones. And I never do that. I'm like, whatever. We're watching one the other day. My wife's like, you don't like that. I'm, I'm in. Right, it's Christmas. I'm in. Whatever we got to do. Hallelujah. But listen, it's the time of year. Not quite Christmas, but almost Thanksgiving. And this is time of year that we kind of begin to take stock of things, right? Well, you know, we jump on Facebook and we start to say, you know, what I'm grateful for. Every day, day one, grateful for this day. And I thank thank God for that. That's good. Rightfully so, we should be. And, you know, because we need to be reminded of how good God is. We need to be reminded at times. we We say God is good, but there's something different about when I begin to inspect my life when I begin to look and begin to search every aspect of my life and and begin to notice how God's hand has been upon everything, how his fingerprints are left, amen. You know, when you see God's hand on your kids, come on, when, when, you know, there's been times of struggle, times of whatever, but you begin to see God's hand begin to nudge and move your kids in the right direction, man. When you begin to see God's hand on your marriage where there may have been struggles and, and issues going on, but you see God moving in it, or when he begins to give you favor, at work favoring your job favoring your business you begin to see god's hand on all of it amen it makes you want to praise him i don't know about you but it makes you want to say god you are good i thank you i worship you i praise you because when you didn't have to you still did well come on when you did when i didn't deserve it you still moved in that situation and it makes you want to just get excited about the goodness of god amen now, listen, being grateful, even though we're talking about this in November, it's not just a Thanksgiving message. We need to get that out of our mind it's Thanksgiving. No, it's a lifestyle. Come on, somebody. It is the way that we are called to live. We, listen, I want to live in a constant state of gratitude. A constant state of, Lord, I appreciate you. Come on, man. I just want to be appreciative, not only of God, people who God put in my life. I want to be appreciative. I want to be thankful, amen? Because I know there's so many people who don't have what I have. I want to be grateful, amen? I want to be grateful for everything God is, everything God does, and everything God gives, amen? I want to be grateful. So this morning, when we think about gratefulness, and we think about, man, I'm thankful for the car, the house. But if I can, I want to go a little deeper this morning. I want to go a little deeper. So I want to kind of show us things that we can be grateful for that sometimes we don't think to be grateful for we can all be grateful for the car come on for that house clothes all those things and listen and you should be you should be grateful because some people don't have what you have listen for me i regularly i thank god and i think about the smallest things that i know that most of us don't thank god i thank god that i could hear we don't think about that a lot. I, you know, I, I thank God that I can smell and taste. And some of you start thinking of God after COVID. You're like, I thank God I can smell again. I thank God I can taste again. But, I, you know, I thank God about that all the time. I, I thank God that I have fingers. I know. We don't think about it until it's gone. till you don't have one. Then it's a big deal. I thank God for my arms, my legs, my toes. I thank God that I'm able to eat today. That I can have a meal that I have somewhere to lay my head tonight. I thank God for my family. I'm, I thank Him every day for that. And, and I, I don't want to take granted anything God has given me. I want to be a good steward. I want to be a good manager. But I, I want to show us, though, how to be grateful for the deeper things. All right? And the reason why I say that is because I don't want any of us in this place or watching online to ever become a surface believer. You got to go deeper sometime. Amen. You got to go You can't just look at the surface of everything. I know my wife's like she, she's real into that. She, you know, God gives her discernment. We can want to look deeper in the things, and I, I don't want to be a surface believer. I don't want to be a surface pastor. I want to go deeper, because listen, it's deeper when you find the roots. So I want to I want to take us deeper, and where I want to go deeper is I want to go deeper in our gratitude. Amen. James, the brother of Jesus, said in his epistle, he said in chapter 1, verse 17, he says that every good, somebody say good. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. All right, so let me, let me just tell you what he's saying. He's saying all good things come from God. Think about any and every good thing in your life. Think about it for just a minute. What's good in your life? Think about it. Just take your time. What's good in your life right now? Your, your marriage, your wife, your husband, your kids, amen, the, the, your, whatever. What's good? Now, whatever you just thought of is good, give God credit right now. That's how we're called to live. When I think about every good thing in my life, God, you get the credit. You deserve the worship because I know it is not by me, but it is by you that I have anything good in my life. Amen? Amen. Now watch this. Not just things, good things. What makes these things that James is talking about good? Because of where they originate from. All right? They come directly from the throne room of God. That makes it good. There are things that God is calling us to be truly grateful for. And some of those good things are things we may never think of to be grateful for. Things like, you ready? Trials. When is the last time we said, God, I'm so thankful for this trial I'm going through right now. Come on. But James, the same person who said that every good and perfect gift comes from above, also said this in James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4. He said, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy come on he said for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete needing nothing now it is so interesting because i just seen something on tv last night that like wow that is so good there was a scene on tv i'm not gonna tell you what show i was watching it wasn't bad, but I'm not going to tell you. I will. It was Lost. I was watching Lost. Because sometimes I just watch the same thing over and over again. So, anyway, there was a scene on there where a guy talked about a moth and a shell and a cocoon. And he said, You see that moth in that cocoon? And I said, This moth has the ability to spin um, um, whatever, yarn, linen, whatever. It has the ability to spin things, and it's silk. Silk. It has the ability to, spin. yeah, silk. It's the ability to spin silk. It's tough. It's strong. And and he said, but he's he's in the cocoon and it's right now, it's struggling to get out. He said, You know what I could do? I could get a knife and I could begin to cut it open to help him out a little bit. Right? I can help it out. But what will happen is if I help him out, as soon as that moth comes out, it'll die. You know why? Because it didn't build up the strength fighting his way out in order for him to survive, amen? So I thought about, so why wow, that is so good, because that's a lot like us. When we go through trials, what the Bible is saying is that is our opportunity to build strength. And if we never go through anything, the moment something does happen, we never had the endurance built up to make it through. So that means that not everything we go through is a bad thing. Maybe that thing is making you stronger because of something that's down the pipeline. He said, when troubles come your way. I like how it says in the message translation, it says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open. And it shows your true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Ain't that so good? So James is writing this letter to all the believers that have been scattered. They've been run off from their homes. They've been persecuted for their faith. And they're facing all these difficulties. Their troubles range from big things, small things, personal trials, you know, dealing with doubt because of all the things that are going on in their life. And James writes this to encourage the brothers and sisters in the Lord to listen. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, count it all joy. Now, can we be honest now? It don't make sense to count it all joy. But God is challenging his people to count it all joy in situations where naturally joy will be the last thing on our mind. You're telling me to have joy when I'm sick? To have joy when my body's in disarray? To have joy when my marriage is in trouble? Come on, somebody. To have joy when all hell is breaking loose against me? And and the answer is yes, counting on joy. Why? Because what you're going through, you will get through. Why? Because God is faithful. I'm so glad that when I go through something, I am not alone. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about God is with me. I'm so thankful, amen, that God is with me in the midst of my trials, what I'm going through. And listen, I'm not saying that I'm happy or that we should be happy about what we're going through. No, but we're happy about the fact that God is with us. Listen, I'm not happy about the state of our nation, the division. I'm not happy about being hurt, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional. I'm not happy about those things, but it's that I find joy. And knowing that this trial, when I react the right way, and that's a big thing, watch me. When you react the right way, because some of you go through trials and you lose your mind. Come on, you ain't acting saved at all. You're mad at God, God, I can't believe. You ain't getting nothing out of what you're going through. Come on, everything God has been telling you through the word, you've put it aside. You're reacting out of flesh. Come on, it's about when I react the right way. When I react the right way, listen, that will ultimately bring me closer to Him. And that is the goal of everything. That is the goal of everything. When I'm going through God, make it make me better. Come on, cause it to make me closer to you. That is what the trials are meant to do. Amen? And the truth is this. It really does show the difference between someone who's really saved and someone who just goes to church. Come on, come on, when you're saved, you know I'm I'm all right. Right. God is with me in the trial. Come on, listen, the only way I'm going to get through this is with him, and I will get through this. Come on. I know, I know God is with me in the midst of what I'm going through. I'm not doing it alone. I'm not hopeless. I'm hopeful because I know who's with me. Come on, when you're saved, you have that attitude. When you're not, you think what I'm going to do, everything's going wrong. I'm not going to be able to make it. You lack the faith to make it through what you're going through. And then you wonder why my season is over and over and over again. Why my season seems to never end. And I'll tell you why. It's because you never allow God to be with you. Do you, you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? On, right. You know, saying, oh, come on, man. No, not the fire. No, what's going to happen? No, they said, listen, you can burn us. Yeah. On, okay. I love those those dudes, man. Yeah. You can burn us. I got, I got to believe, man. They had a little, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Strong dudes, I, I like to hang out with those cats anyway. When we get to heaven, Shadrach, what up, my man? Listen, so they, they said, Listen, you can burn us, you can put us in a fire, and I believe with all my heart, my God will deliver me. But then, but then the, 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 the strength came up. But even if He don't, even if my God chooses not to, even if He chooses to allow me to go through what I'm about to go through, we will not deny Him, we will not bow down. And you know what? God did allow them to go through it. Come on. He didn't deliver them. He allowed them to go through it. They were thrown into that furnace. But then God showed up. And he said, listen, I'm going to let you go through, but I'm going to be with you. Amen. And listen, if God would have never allowed them to go through it, Nebuchadnezzar would have never said there is a God. Come on. You know, listen, this is a pagan. But even he acknowledged, listen, there, didn't we throw three? Didn't we throw three? Why is there? How does a pagan even recognize, amen? Because the glory of God will make himself known. He said, I know that the fourth man looks like the son of man. Come on, somebody. Our attitude has to be an attitude of genuine rejoicing. Not the kind of rejoicing where you just put it on the front. You're going through and you're trying to smile like. You can't get it for a couple seconds. I'm going through it. But it has to be a genuine rejoicing, not a false rejoicing. And listen, this is not a joyful anticipation for trials. Hear me. It is not a joyful anticipation for trials. None of us want to say, hey, trial, come my way. I'm right here. I'm not. You can I'm not doing that. But it's not a rejoicing because of trials, it's a rejoicing in the trials. Most people are happy when they get out of something, when they escape trials, but James encourages us to have pure joy in the very face of what we're going through. He's not encouraging believers to pretend to be happy, amen? Because rejoicing goes upon and beyond happiness. Happiness centers on what goes on in the world, right? Happiness centers on what I have or what I don't have. Happiness is like, well, I got this, this went my way, I got their promotion. That's happiness. Joy is completely different. Joy is there no matter what the circumstances look like around us. That, that's how you know I got joy. And God's purpose in allowing this process is to develop complete maturity in the life of believers. Because what's missing in the life of most believers in America, especially, maturity. There's too many immature believers. There's too many immature believers who believe, will leave the moment things don't go their way. They'll leave the moment they get corrected on something. They'll leave when they're, you know, but mature believers say, I'm going to stand strong. I'm not going to allow offense, bitterness. I'm not going to allow what I've been through, what I've gone through. I'm not going, I'm not going to allow none of those things, amen, to get me off track. We need mature believers. Mature believers like years ago where they just stuck it out. I mean, my, my grandma, how, mom, how long was she in that church? That long. <laughs> Like what, 60, 70 years? Yeah, so a long time. I'm not even doing the math right now. So a long time, but you know, in those years, she was offended. In those years, she was hurt because there's people, of course. Of course, no one, no, no church is perfect, right? But she endured. That's where we have to be at as mature believers and not just in church. I'm just giving that example, but even outside of church that I'm not going to, you know, leave God because I got a flat tire. God, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. I was my tire flat. Come on, man. (laughs) Listen, we need to have Endurance. And I'm not standing here before you today making it seem like it's all easy, right? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's easy. But what I'm saying is that it's possible to have joy in your trials. You know why? It's because of our confidence. It's our confidence that comes in knowing that this outcome will make me better. It will build up a godly endurance. It will make me a better man of God, a better woman of God. When I'm, it's that confidence, Amen. And that's why endurance means so much to us because you know, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's not how you start this thing. It's how you finish. i seen so many people start off well but don't end well. I want to end well, amen? I want to finish well. You can start well, but endurance will make sure that you finish well. So what I'm saying is, is be grateful for whatever trial you're going through right now, whatever you're at in your life right now, be grateful. And say, God, I don't like it, but I know that through this you will make me better, Amen? amen another thing that we need to be grateful for is we need to be grateful for the holy spirit we need to be great we we believe here at the church church whether you're new first time been around we believe this amen that encounters with the holy spirit lead everything we want the holy spirit we don't want man we want the holy spirit and we want the holy spirit to lead man to do what the holy spirit wants to do and come on you hear me we, we want to contend for the holy spirit and this is when, I, and I'm talking about this because, you know, we all like the Holy Spirit when, you know, somebody is operating in the gift, right? We love that part of it. When someone's operating and we feel the Holy Spirit, but I'm talking about being grateful for the Holy Spirit when he challenges you, when he convicts you. Come on, when he makes you uncomfortable, can you still be grateful for the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is not just goosebumps. It's not just goosebumps. It's not just, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. No, it's just cold in here. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. You got it. It was, it was warm when I came out of my office. I said, dude, please. All right. So the Holy Spirit, this is what the Holy Spirit desires to be in our life. Not just a goosebump feeling. Not just, you know, anything like that. It wants to be the referee for your life. You know what a referee does when you go out of bounds? Nobody? Huh? Blow the whistle. (laughs) Come on, man. What are all the sports fans at this morning? Chiefs don't play till three. They should have been here. So listen. The referee will blow the whistle. Why? You're out of bounds. That's illegal. You shouldn't have done that. Now guess what? Turnover. You're blessed in your favor. It goes to the other team. Oh, come on, somebody. You, you, you don't get it no more. Now you got to give it over to someone else. Come on, somebody. Come on. It warns us. You're in trouble. And the Holy Spirit is so good, it won't just blow the whistle when we get out of bounds. The Holy Spirit will blow the whistle when you get close to being out of bounds. You're getting too close. Watch it. Hey, where are you going? Go that way. I think the Holy Spirit is like your mom sometime. Get, get, get out of there. Get, put that cookie down. Come on, it warns us when we're in trouble, when we're headed for destruction. And the Holy Spirit's been around ever since, from the very beginning, from the book of Genesis, when the Father said, let us. Who's the us? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. It was there when Jesus was being baptized, when the, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. It was there on the day of Pentecost when over 120 in the upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit is what brings boldness to a believer. The Holy Spirit, when those 120 got them, start speaking in tongues, and they begin to make jokes. What are they doing? What kind of language is that? They gotta be drunk. And Peter stood up. The same Peter who did not even know who Jesus was a little while ago. Not once, not twice, but three times. Questioned by girls. I know, I know you, get, you ladies are tough, I'm just saying. And he denied them. But in this moment, with the Holy Spirit on him and in him, he stands up and says, we're not drunk as you suppose. And he began to preach the word of God, and over 3,000 people got saved. The Holy Spirit will bring boldness to your life. If you ever wonder, why, I'm, why am I so timid? Why don't I ever share my faith? Why don't I ever witness? Why am I ever a street preacher? Why don't I ever do anything like that? It's because maybe there's a lack of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not at lack, but it could be at lack in you. Meaning that you need to call on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Give me that boldness, God. Give me the boldness you gave Peter to minister the word of God. Give me the boldness, amen, that makes me take steps of faith. Holy Spirit, fill me up. We need the Holy Ghost. Come on. We we say we're not a non-denominational church, but listen, the truth is, man, we're Pentecostal. We believe in the Holy Ghost. We believe in the Spirit of God. And we need the Holy Ghost inside of us. Amen? Not just say we are a Holy Ghost church. No, I'm a Holy Ghost man. I'm a Holy Ghost woman. Listen, I got the Holy Ghost inside of me. And listen, we live in a time and age where people get ashamed of that. No, listen, we depend on the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen? In John 14, Jesus gives a description of what the Holy Spirit is. And I love the way the Amplified Version expounds on it. It says in John 14, 26, it says, but the helper, somebody say helper. Has the Holy Spirit ever helped you? Because it helped me a lot. Come on, even when I didn't want help, it helped me. Come on, but the helper, the comforter. Has the Holy Spirit ever brought comfort? The advocate, meaning I I will be there with you. The intercessor, the counselor, strengthener, standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will help you remember everything that I've told you. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need to be grateful for the Holy Spirit. Because whether you realize it or not, the Spirit of God has kept you from things that could have took you out a long time ago. Oh, I'm telling you. You think, oh, I just missed it. No, no, it was the Holy Spirit that kept you from certain things. Come on, that, 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 that nudging in your spirit. Go the long way home. And you notice there was an accident. I think about that sometime, man. You know, sometimes you can get irritated. I'm running late. Things are happening. But sometimes, like, God, you may have kept me from something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit could have kept you from things that could have took you out. It has a power to cause you to make it out of things that could have destroyed you a long time ago. Come on, it speaks when you need to hear it. Are you hearing me? It, it, It gives you what to say when you don't know what to say. Come on, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you direction, guidance, comfort you, and counsel you. Come on, we need to praise God for the Holy Spirit, Amen. Because here it is, man. I don't want to serve God just serving God alone. I need the help of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit many times have called me to begin to pray for some of y'all when you didn't even ask to be prayed for. He just to begin to pray for that person. Come on, that's the Holy Spirit. You know what else we need to be grateful for? We need to be grateful for the ultimate sacrifice and the new covenant that's been made for every one of us here this morning. Remember when I said that we need to be grateful for the good things? All good and perfect thing comes from above? Well, Hebrews chapter 10, verse one and two says, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come. Let me say that again. A dim preview of what? Good things. Good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifice under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide a perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided a perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Before Jesus in the Old Testament, they would bring sacrifices to try to atone for their sins, but it was never enough. So they were bringing, I mean, all guilt offerings, sin offerings. They were bringing all kind of offerings, and what happened was after every offering, guess what? They brought it, brought it to the altar, but they left feeling the same way they came in. Who knows that that's not how God works. When we come to God, we don't leave God the same way we came to Him, Amen. So. They begin to bring their sacrifices over and over again. Why? Because they never felt change. Year after year. And what it actually ended up doing based on scripture is it actually didn't really atone for anything. It just reminded them of everything. It reminded them of everything they've done because they keep bringing these sacrifices because I messed up. I bring my sacrifice again. I messed up. When did you mess up? Two years ago. I messed up. And I keep bringing the same thing over and over again because I messed up. And it's a constant reminder of our mess ups. So God had a plan. His plan was to send his son to be the perfect sacrifice and to establish a new covenant. Man, in his inherent nature, is evil. All right? We were all born sinners. All right? If you say, not me, then sin. (laughs) We're all born sinners. Man... And his inherent nature will cuss, lie, steal, cheat, have hate in their heart, fornicate, fight, judge, be selfish, wasteful, indulgent, on and on and on. The list goes. That's in our inherent nature. If you ever wonder, man, where, where does you know being selfish come from? Our sinful nature. You heard me give this expression before, but none of us teach our children how to be selfish. But, but don't you hear your... Mine... Did you teach them that? I hope not. When that two-year-old comes over, you say no. You say no to them. No, don't do that. In Jesus' name, don't do that. But it's just in their nature. Are you hearing me? So our own nature, our nature is sinful. So what that means is on our own, we can never get to God. On our own, why? We're too messed up. We're too messed up. So the only thing that can be done is to have our sins forgiven And the only way that could happen is for someone to step in our place. All right? To step in our place and do what? Pay the penalty for our sins. That's the only way. That man, of course, we know was Jesus. And when he came, a new covenant came with him. So what that meant was there's no more animal sacrifices that only temporarily brought a sense of right. We needed the blood of a lamb. The perfect lamb. So later on in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9 to 12, it says, Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. Come on now. For God's will was for us to be made holy by sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant. The priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifice again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in a place of honor at God's right hand. I am so grateful this morning because I understand the significance of what this scripture says. The significance is this, I wouldn't be here you wouldn't be here without that. So I know that's, you know, oh, we're not grateful for something. here. This is the biggest thing to be grateful for. The fact that I can't be forgiven of my sins. That you can be forgiven of your sins. Because year after year, people would try to atone for something they couldn't atone for. And it wasn't until Jesus Christ stepped in our place, literally, said, move out the way, I will take the punishment for you. And at that moment, the grace, the mercy, the blood of the Lamb became available for every one of us. Now stay with me for just a few more minutes. We, as God's people, have been given access to what God did. He gave me position and access to the throne of God. Because before this moment, it was only the high priest who went in. It was only one person who came in to atone for everyone else's sins. You couldn't, you couldn't say, God, forgive me. It was the, the high priest went in, put the blood over the uh, blood of atonement over the, over the altar, and he did it for you once a year. So that meant that all year you had to worry about carrying around his guilt and his sin in your life. But Jesus, as now the only high priest, now atoned for the sins of mankind, For good. Amen. Now, please stay with me. Once Jesus died for our sins and he breathed his last breath, the Bible says that the veil that separated man from God was torn in two. From top to bottom. Why was that so significant in Scripture? Because no man had the ability to go to the very top and this thing was thick and had the ability to rip open this veil. If anything, someone could say, well, it's torn from the bottom up because someone just pulled it. But no one had the ability to tear it from top to bottom. But God did, showing that it was not man but me, who now creates an entryway that you may have access to me. I'm so grateful this morning because every morning, you know what I do when I get up? Every morning I say, God, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Wash them in your blood. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. You know why I have the ability to say that? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because he atoned for my sins once and for all. Because I can boldly come to the throne of grace. It was Jesus who did that. I'm grateful for the sacrifice. Which causes me to be grateful that that sacrifice resulted in me being free. Last week, if you weren't here, it was amazing. The atmosphere was amazing. The presence of God was amazing. Because you know what? There were so many people who just wanted to walk in their freedom. Let me tell you what the Bible says as we close this morning. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, At last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, amen? And when you're really free, I mean really free, you don't want to go back to the bondage of where you were. I thank God for freedom. You know what else I thank God for? I thank God that I'm not the man I used to be. I thank God that you're not the man you used to be. That you're not the woman you used to be. I thank God, amen, that I don't have to walk around under the same cloud of judgment of the man I was. Yeah. Come on, I'm so glad that, that even though people may recognize me and remember me from what I used to be, that ain't me no more. That's, right. That's not me no more, amen. And I can boldly declare, listen, you may remember who I was, but you don't know who I am. That's right. Come on, I'm a new man. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that this morning. And that that means the same thing for every one of us. Because every one of us has a past. Come on. Don't look at me like that. Every one of us has been through some things, done some things we're not proud of, but the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus causes this to be true. I will throw your sin as far as east is to the west. I will never bring it up again. I will throw it into the sea called forgetfulness. Come on. That's what the new covenant did for us. What are we talking about this morning? I'm just talking about being grateful. Not for the surface things, but for the deeper things. I'm so grateful, man, that God allowed me to minister this word this morning, that God allowed me to pastor this church. Come on, I thank God. I'm so grateful. So what God is requiring of all of us is to take stock Look inside, examine ourselves, and say, God, I have so much to be grateful for. Because the truth is, we can go through life and never thank God for nothing. Not until something big happens. Not until my relationship status changes on Facebook, do i say something. But when's the last time you woke up and said, Lord, I'm taking stock. I'm examining your goodness over my life. And I know I don't deserve it. But, Lord, you have been too good to me. Amen? And we begin to thank him and worship him and praise him. And that's what we get the opportunity to do this morning. This morning you have the opportunity to say, Lord, look at what I am compared to what I used to be. You're too good, God. Come on, look at what I am compared to what I used to be. Look, look at the state of my family. I'm not saying your family's perfect, but Lord, it could be so much worse and I thank you this morning, amen? I thank you, Lord God, that at least I'm in church right now. At least I'm in the house of the living God. Come on, there's so much to be thankful for. Stand your feet with me. And We're gonna keep talking about this all month because you can't fit in gratitude in one message. I serve a big God. I can't fit gratitude into one message. My God's too big for that. Amen? But what I want you to do this morning is I want you to begin to examine. I want you to begin to look deeper. And I want you to begin to thank the Lord. And here's the altar call. As simple as this because we believe in this. That if you know anything Deep inside, I've not been thankful. I've not been grateful. Matter of fact, I've been ungrateful. Come to the altar. Let God begin to pour out on you. Pour out, Lord, I need to change my focus. Because that's how you become ungrateful. You focus on all the things you don't have. And you forget what you do have. Amen? Come on, if that's you, come to this altar right now. Come to this altar right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And whether you come to the altar or not, we're still going to begin to take stock. So maybe you're saying, man, I've been been grateful. I've been doing pretty well. I want you to look deeper right where you're at. So if you're not at this altar, close your eyes right now. Because I don't want you looking at the back of somebody's head or looking at what someone else is doing. I want you to look at God. And I want you to say, Lord, show me where I need to be more grateful for. Show me where I need to be more thankful for. You at this altar, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands at this altar. So, man, so wonderful. So wonderful. Come on. Amen. Husbands and wife coming up here together. Father and son and daughter coming up together. Look at all this. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. For you that is at this altar, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, help our focus. Help our focus, God. Give us the ability to look past what isn't and to look at what is. Help us, Lord, to focus on your goodness. Lord, you don't hold anything back. Like your word says, every good and perfect gift comes from you. So, Father, when we've overlooked those good things because we thought it ain't good enough, forgive us. We've overlooked those perfect things because in our eyes they weren't. We plead for your mercy right now. And we pray, help us, God, to appreciate and be grateful for everything you put in our lives. Lord, I'm even bold enough to say this. Lord, we are grateful for our church. We're grateful that we have a place to come and we get prayed for and loved on. Lord, we're grateful this morning, God. We're grateful, Lord God, for the people that make the church the church. We're grateful, Lord God. Help us to focus. Help us, God, to look at you, to look at what you're doing. Because when we can focus on what you're doing, we don't keep looking at what we're doing. Where we fall short, you never will, God. Where we lack faith, you're full of it. Where we lack goodness, God, you are good. And Father, I pray, Lord, not only for those at this altar, but over this whole entire church, we examine. Come on, keep looking at God as we examine, God, your goodness. As we examine, Lord God, all the times, God, you've blessed us and been with us when we didn't deserve it. As we take stock and look deeper, below the surface, God, and get deeper on your goodness, we thank you for those trials in our life. We tried hard to get out of it, Lord God, but you wouldn't let us, not until we were ready. We thank you so much for the trials that made us better. It could have made us bitter, but it didn't. We thank you, Father, right now, When your Holy Spirit (laughs) nudges us, makes us uncomfortable, tells us to give that when we don't want to give that, when it tells us to fast when we don't want to, we thank you, Holy Spirit. God, you're so good. And it, it could be more than just the trials, the Holy Spirit, the new covenant, the new us, the freedom we have. Whatever it is God has given you to be thankful for, be thankful this morning. I'm going to stop talking because I want God to talk to you right now to show you those areas where we need to be more thankful. look at me for just a minute. If you've ever given a gift to someone and maybe they didn't say it but you can see the attitude of I really don't want this. You put thought into it. You put your heart into it. You put your money into it. And to give to someone who is not grateful for it. Now, that's not the reason we give gifts. But man, there's a feeling that when someone shows appreciation, that makes it worth it. Are you hear me? That makes it worth it. Every day, God gifts us. you're not sick in your body, what a gift. If you woke up this morning, what a gift. Because I'm talking about there's some things that some people don't have. What are gifts that God gives? So when God gives gifts, let us show appreciation for that gift, amen? How does that look? That means living my whole life in gratitude. Living my life saying, listen, I'm not going to do those things no more. I'm not going to sin in this capacity no more. I'm going to live a life right. Why? Because I appreciate God too much. I appreciate my father too much. Amen. So no matter who you are, we have took stock. We've evaluated. We got deeper. We said, Lord, I need to start thanking you for this. I need to refocus my heart and begin to not look at what I don't have, but look at everything you've given me. We took stock. So what we do at this moment is we praise him. Before you do, listen, we praise them. And not out of a few claps to get me out of here real quick. Not not, not nothing like that, but man, because it don't have to even be loud. Who told you worship has to sound like this? Your praise has to sound like this. Your praise could be deep and in awe of God. Oh, Lord. That could be your worship. It don't have to look like everyone else's look, but what we are going to do as a church, because we are grateful. They didn't misspell that on purpose. We got spell check. But we want to be full of gratitude. We want to be full, amen? So listen, what we're going to do together as a church, because we love each other, we love you guys, me and my wife, we're going to worship God together, amen? So Father, we come before you full of gratitude. We're grateful. And we thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done, all that you're doing, even what you're about to do. We praise you and exalt you in Jesus' name. Now begin to praise him right now. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Was about ten or fifteen seconds, and I'm not saying go longer. What I'm saying is live this. I'm saying when you leave here, live, live gratitude, live appreciation. I mean, live it, Lord. I just stay, just stop in the middle. And when you're at Walmart today, just stop and say, God, you're so good. Why? Because everything in my cart I can pay for right now. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. I mean, my God, you can, I mean, if you're, if you're in a Target, same thing. Don't be too good if you go to Target. You can still praise God right there. Don't be bougie, amen. But no matter what it is, because I cause remember, I remember when my, my kids were small. I remember about the end. I just, I think about the things that I thank God for. I remember when my kids were small. And I remember me having to go there. I didn't, we didn't have a wick or nothing like that. We, we had to go to the store. I had to buy diapers. Who knows? That stuff ain't cheap. How to buy formula. And I remember, man, I remember this so vivid. It was when Isaiah was a baby. I remember this so vividly that, man, it, 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 was, it was a pinch. It kind of hurt a little bit, you know, because, like, you know, there's expensive. But I remember standing in the store looking at the infamile. <laughs> remember what the name was? For Isaiah. And I remember, I remember this mindset, Lord, I'm so thankful I can pay for this, Lord. I literally, I remember that. That was 16 years ago almost. And I remember saying, God, thank you so much that I can pay for this right now. It may not be a big deal to most people. But, Lord, you put the, you know, $16, $70. much. What God, thank you, Lord. How much? Whoa. Come on, that's gas money. So I remember thanking God for that. So when I'm saying all this to say this, man, thank God that you can buy your food today when you go out to eat? Thank God for those kind of things, man. Live a life of gratitude, amen? Come on, if you believe that, give God praise right now. Come on. Amen. Now, as we dismiss this morning, could you put that image back up there for the Thanksgiving dinners? Can you put that back up? So as we dismiss, what better way to show gratitude than to give back? You see this? Man, we got, we got a lot of macaroni and cheese. I love macaroni and cheese, so. But we, we want to make sure that all those things look like that. Amen? More, yeah, because that's only 30. We want to make sure all that. We, because the more we have, the more families we can bless. And that's what we want to do. Amen? So, man, get But, man, by next Wednesday, Sunday, man, let's bring, let's bring that stuff in. Let's get ready. Because we are going to distribute them, give them out, pray for people. That's what the church is, amen? And we're grateful we could be a part of that. So I wanted to show you that real quickly. Other than that, man, we have a Sunday night service at the Mother Church. We have a powerful man of God, Brian Barcelona, who's going to be preaching there. I'm going out there. I encourage you, man, come out. He has a heart for youth, for young people. If you've got any young people in your life, man, bring them out. They'll be blessed by that. But that's tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, at the, at the um, Sending Church. Amen. they in Kansas City. But man, we're going to be blessed tonight. So other than that, man, we love you guys. God bless you. Be grateful. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. We are dismissed. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Cure Church Lead Summit podcast. If you would like to partner with us, please visit our website at www.thecurechurchls.com and click the Give tab. We thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, Jesus is the cure.